Thank you, Terry. What an interesting thought for us this morning. What influence, what impact will you leave behind you? You're influencing somebody with something. What is it that you're influencing them with? This morning, as we continue in our series, uh, Entrusted, we're going to look at our third week of this, this, this series, this message entitled Entrusted, What Will He Find You Doing? It's written in the passage of Scripture where we find Jesus is telling a story. It's, he says it's like a, a master who has three servants. And then you remember the story, the last two weeks we talked about it, where he gave different amounts of, of money, of resources to each of these servants. And what they did with it, some were faithful. And it was fruitful and it multiplied and others were not. They buried what was given to them and they were called to account for it. Some of you maybe have not been with us the last two weeks. So by way of review, real quick, I want to remind you uh, or bring you up to speed on some things that will help you catch what God wants to say to us today. See, we are entrusted with much. We have been given so much and we've been entrusted, which calls us to trust God with everything. Why is it that we are to, to trust God with everything? Because he has entrusted us with so much. In your outline there, you see a little bit of review. We've been working with this acrostic trust. It's a very popular, commonly used acrostic trust. And we looked at the, the first week of taking an inventory. We looked at recognizing God as our source last week. We touched on that just a little bit. And today we're going to look at understanding God's principles. Next week, surrendering everything to God and then testing God's promises. In addition to this, kind of guiding us through, we looked at three attitudes a couple weeks ago. The first attitude is the attitude of an owner. Remember, the, the owner had the attitude, it's mine. Because it is mine, I'm responsible for it, but I'm not accountable to anyone else for it. Because it's mine, I own it. We also saw the attitude of a customer. It's not mine. I'm not responsible for it, and surely I won't be held accountable for it. Sometimes we take this attitude with our relationships or this attitude with the good news of Jesus. It's, it's not mine. I'm not responsible for it. I won't be held accountable for it. We've been looking at how the scripture calls us to a third attitude of a good steward, one who's been entrusted with much. This attitude says, none of it is mine, but I have been entrusted with it. And so I am responsible for it. And I will be held accountable for what has been entrusted to me. Our first week, we looked at, at this inventory that we, we walked through together. And this idea of being entrusted or, or this idea of stewardship, it's more than just money. God has entrusted to you your heart. He's blessed you with a soul, with your heart. And, and Scripture tells us to guard our heart. We're to be good stewards of our heart. You also have been given a body. We are to be good stewards of the body that God has given to us. We've also been given time. Now, we may not all have the same number of days on earth, but every single person in every day that you live, you have 24 hours in that day, and you are responsible and will be held accountable for how you used, how you invested the time that the Master has given to you. We looked at, it's not just time, it's our abilities, our gifts and talents that's been entrusted to us. It is our money, our resources, but it's also our relationships the people that we have relationship with, we are put in a place to impact them. We will leave something behind, as, as we just heard in this song. And 
are we good stewards of those relationships or not? And finally, in our inventory, we saw that we've been given the greatest gift ever in the good news of Jesus. And so you and I have been entrusted with the message of Jesus Christ. Are we good stewards of it? Are we sharing it? What are we doing with it? And last week, we touched on how we recognize God as our source. He owns it all. See, God owns all that we have because He's given us everything that we have. Well, I, I don't know about that, Brady. I'm pretty sure that my name is on the deed. My name is on the title. Well, well, who gave you the ability to earn those resources to purchase that house, to purchase that car? Everything you have been given has been given of God. And so God owns it all because He has given us everything. That's where we've been. But take your outline and and let's get ready to hear what God has for us fresh and new today. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your word never ever comes back void. And so Lord, as a, as a family, we prepare to sit at your feet together, to, to look at your scriptures, to chew on your principles. Lord, would you help us not just hear these words. Lord, would you help us be doers of your word. It's in your name, Jesus, that we've gathered this morning. It's in your name that we give our full attention to your word. It's in your name that we are depending on you giving us the strength to be obedient to what you say. Amen and amen. Well, today I want us to look at that letter U, understanding God's principles. There's five principles I want us to look at. And once we begin to see that we've taken an inventory and looked at how much we've been entrusted with. Once we recognize that God is the source of all of it, we can't go forward with what God wants us to do in this area of stewardship until we understand His principles that He has set forth for us. Now, what I'm going to share, these have some pithy sayings. They're not bumper sticker slogans. They're not good self-help things from Oprah. This is God's Word. It's His principles. And I've paraphrased some of it, but it's His principles. And there's a foundation for us that we need to hang on to. The Creator of the heavens and the earth has said, This is how I have created you to live. This is how I've created things to operate. If you cooperate with it, you will be blessed. If you fight against it, you will find tribulation over and over and over. The first of these five principles is what I call the treasure principle. Now, when we talk about treasure here and when the scripture talks about it, it is our money, but it's more than just our money. Remember, it is our heart. It is our body. It is our time. It's our relationships. It's the good news that we have been given. All of these things, they are treasures for us. And when we look at the treasure principle, you need to ask yourself, what do you treasure? The things that you treasure are the things that you guard. It's the things that you protect. It's the things that you lock up. It's the things that you cherish. Now, for most of my life, I have loved gas station candy. The Lord has been giving me some freedom from so much candy eating. But you say, well, what's gas station candy? You go in a gas station, you find that candy. That's it. It's amazing stuff. And for so much of my life, I would, I would gather this candy and I, I would treasure it. Now, I would have secret stashes to keep this candy. Now, you'd have some kept out to give the appearance that you would share with your family. But you would have the good stuff locked away in a junk drawer. You would have, because I would treasure it. It's, it's my favorite. I, I would love it. I would think about it. What you treasure are the things that you, you value, you, you safeguard. 
So when we think about treasure that way, we can come to God's word and look for his treasure principle. Look in your outline or on the screens. Proverbs 4.23 says this. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Now this scripture is, is super important for us, understanding the being the steward of our heart, but also it connects with Luke 12.34, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, when you look and see how these two scriptures go together, we are called, we've been entrusted with a the great value of the heart that God has given to us. He says, guard it, guard it. And we see this other principle being put together, gives us this treasure principle, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. You see, if you want to know where your heart is, follow the treasure. If you want to know where your heart is, look at what you value. Look at what you invest in. Look at what you hold dear. That's where your heart is. Case in point, if you were a day trader and you would buy a uh, a stock, if you go online and you buy a new stock, what do you do after you buy that stock? Then the next day, you're going to look and see how that stock is doing. You may not have cared about that stock before, but now you've invested in it, and now you have interest in it. And now you, you want to see what's happening with it. I, I value it. My treasure is there, and so my heart follows after it. You see, Jesus says, the reason I want you to give stuff away, I want you to be a good steward, I want you to be giving in the resources I've given to you, is because your treasure tells where your heart is. But if you make a decision to send your stuff away, to give it away, not just anywhere, but into my kingdom, you can place your treasure in a place and expect your heart to follow. In other words, it is an indicator. We could read Luke 12, 34, where your treasure is, your heart is also, and say, oh, that's just a test. Want to see how your heart is doing? Look at where your money goes. Look at where your time goes. Look at where your resources go. That's true. But it's more than just an indicator. It is a principle that you can leverage. If you examine your heart and you don't like where your heart is, you feel like your heart is not in the right place, Scripture is telling us, go ahead and put your treasure in kingdom things and watch your heart begin to join where you invest what God has entrusted to you. That is a huge principle. You see... From other passages of Scripture, we begin to find out that God would say to us, I'm not so interested in your treasure. I'm not so interested in your money. I'm interested in your heart. Money, treasure, time, it will all pass away, but your heart is eternal. As we heard in that song that was sung, there's so many things that you could give yourself to that will waste away. But there are some things that will last forever. And God says, I want you to understand this treasure principle. Where your treasure is, your heart will follow. Put your treasure where you want your heart. You'll begin to start living in the way that I'm calling you to live. So in essence, if you break it down like this, if you examine your heart and you begin to see that there's some greed in your heart. Some selfishness in your heart. So I want to do it my way in in my heart. The scripture is telling us, begin to take what's been entrusted to you, your time, your treasure, your relationships, the good news, and invest it in the kingdom, and then watch your heart begin to follow that. God says, it's a tool that I want you to use. It is the treasure principle. Your heart will follow your treasure It's not the other way around. 
So if the first principle is this, the treasure principle, the second principle that we find in God's word that gives us some instruction, light. Remember, this isn't just self-help talk. This isn't Oprah talking to us. This is God's word. The creator of the universe says, I have made you and I've made my kingdom this way. If you follow these principles, you will be blessed. If you fight these principles, you will be in tribulation for your entire life. The second is the give and grow principle. First is the treasure principle. Your heart follows your treasure. The second is the give and grow principle. By that, I mean this. As you begin to give, as you begin to be a good steward of what God has entrusted to you, it's not just about stewarding those things. You grow spiritually. Friend, a a stewardship message, a stewardship series is not about how we can give more money to God. It's about how we can grow deeper in the things of the Lord. See, uh, there's a bunch of things that we grow in. In uh, Malachi 3.10, we begin to see that as we invest in the kingdom of God, we will have an increase in our faith. We grow in faith. As I begin to trust God with what's been entrusted to me, my faith increases when I see how faithful he is. Not only will my faith increase, I become more spiritually sensitive. Because it's not just give to whatever I want to give. God, where do you want me to invest your resources. How do you want me to spend my time that you've entrusted to me? How do you want me to, to work this relationship in a way that can bring glory to you? God, I need to hear you. We become more spiritually sensitive. We grow. It's the give and grow principle. We also begin to see that as we practice stewardship, it enables us to be fruitful in God's kingdom. Fruit begins to come out in our life. His kingdom fruit begins to come out because we are giving the way he has called us to give. We also see that we receive blessings. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, that you've seen someone in need or you saw a situation that you felt prompted to help out in. And as you begin to pour in resources, you begin to pour in your love where you intended to give. You're the one that ended up being blessed as We give, we grow, and we receive the blessings of the Lord. Now, this doesn't mean when I give $10 in my bank account, I get $100. That's not what it's about. We'll talk about that next week or the week after. But this is about saying, God, I'm beginning to understand your principle. When I give, you grow me spiritually. You're taking things out of my hands, and you are putting something in my heart. We've all been entrusted with much. Are we trusting him with everything? Finally, As we give and grow, we begin to see that we become a blessing to others. This isn't just for your spiritual growth. You begin to impact others. As Terry shared, I I think he shared it in second service. He did in first service that this funeral that he talked about, this celebration of life, this home going, the statistic was shared uh, that the average person impacts 10,000 people, I think Terry shared. And then as he heard of his loved one that, well, because he wasn't average, he's impacted millions or hundreds of thousands. See, when we begin to grow in this area of stewardship, grow in the area of what's been entrusted to us, it doesn't just bless you, it blesses everybody around you. You impact so much more than what you think. Give and grow. Well, the first principle is a treasure principle. Your heart follows your treasure. The second is give and grow principle. And the third is the do it now principle. You heard a little bit about this. Pastor Lane already left the cat out of the bag on this one. But it's one that I, I think... We have to hear to be able to go farther than what God wants to tell us in this passage. See, stewardship deals with your present resources, what you have available to you right now. Not what you used to have, not what you hope to have someday, but what you have been entrusted with in this moment 
now. Luke chapter 9, verse 59 and 62, Jesus is talking and we find these words. And Jesus is talking to a man and he said to another man, follow me. And the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Now when you hear this, you know, I mean, you identify with this guy, that's a pretty good excuse. If you're asked to do something and you have a funeral, I mean, that's kind of an ironclad excuse. I mean, don't they just, they happen, you can't plan for them when they're there. And a funeral for a loved one, that's an important excuse. A funeral for a father. I mean, Lord, I, I, I would love to, but I can't right now. I've got a very valid reason. I need to bury my father first. And Jesus says to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Jesus, that's harsh. That is rude. That is not how we do things. What is Jesus saying? That we should never care for the people around us? No, that's not what he's saying. That's not the context. He's saying you will always have a good reason, a very valid reason to do it some other time. I'm telling you, invest what I've given you now. Do it now. Don't put it off. Look at verse 61. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. I mean, this is a little short goodbye. Can't we just wait just a minute? Let's just say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom of God. What Jesus is saying here is it's imperative that you respond now with what's been entrusted to you now. He will call us to go back in love to the people around us. But he's saying be obedient now. You will always have a reason to say maybe later, not this minute. I like this quote. The person who waits to do a great deal of good all at once will never do anything. You've heard the poem, you've heard the words that rhyme, well, procrastination is my greatest sin, it brings me endless sorrow, I'm going to stop doing it, perhaps I'll start tomorrow. I ask you the question, How long are you going to wait to find out the gifts and ability that God has given to you? How long are you going to wait before you start intentionally taking your time and investing it in kingdom things? How long are you going to wait before you start giving the way that God has called you to give of your resources and your money? How long are you going to wait? Well, you know, Brady, I'll do it someday. You know, it's it's the next thing. (laughs) See, Satan wants to get us to say, I'll do it later. One of his favorite tricks is to say, just in a little while. Don't say no, just in a little while. Just, just don't do it right now. Lord, once the kids get out of school, then, then I will give you that time. God, once I, I top off my 401k and I, I do my part, you know, it, it says uh, God takes care of those who takes care of himself, right? And so I'm going to do, that's not in scripture. Sounds like it, but it's not. God, I just got to take care of myself, and then I can take care of others. And he, he says, do it now. Do it now. You've been entrusted with much. I have given you everything you have. Therefore, I own it all. Invest in my kingdom now. This is part of the do it now principle. You say, well, Pastor Brady, you know, I, I would give that way. If I'd win the lottery, I'd give all that money to God. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. If you can't put God first in the resources that he's given you now, what makes you think you could give God everything with the resources that you hope to have? Well, once I retire, I can give all that time to God. No. 
No, you won't. If I can't give my first fruits of my time to God now, what makes me think that I will be able to do that when I have more of this? See, all of it is God. He's entrusted so much to us. He says, I want you to do it my way. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Don't wait a while. His timing is perfect. We need to join his timing. Delayed obedience quickly becomes disobedience. Oh, well, first principle, treasure principle, your heart follows your treasure. The second was the give and grow principle. This is about growing deeper in the Lord. Third, do it now, don't wait. And fourth, there's only two left. Listen up, don't miss this. There's two left. Two of them. The eternal impact principle. Jesus is telling us that there's things that you can invest in that are going to be worth nothing. It's going to waste away. Friend, so much of what you can spend your time, your resources on, you'll have nothing to show for it. Have you ever heard somebody say, they don't make things like they used to? used to last forever. Have you ever heard that? I've heard, I've heard some of you say that. And uh, I was in Target yesterday, and I found myself saying that. I found, extra, I found myself sounding extra old. I was needing to buy a new vacuum cleaner. And I said, I remember when vacuum cleaners, you could buy one that would last your whole life. And as soon as I said that, I thought, no, I don't. I don't remember that. I remember my grandparents saying that. I remember other people saying that, but I don't remember that because it's never been true in my life. But I was made aware of, I bought the, the one that Consumer Reports told me to buy. I bought the one that it should last for forever, and, and it didn't. I had to buy a new one. And the one I bought will go out again too. And it's frustrating. You feel like you're just pouring resources down the drain. And Jesus says, you are. There are things you can invest in. I'm going to highlight it for you that will last forever. Matthew 6, 19 and 20. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. I like this quote as well. We exist temporarily through what we take, but we live forever through what we give. If I was writing that quote, I think I would adjust it a little bit differently. We exist temporarily through what we take, But it's possible to live forever if we're giving to the right things. See, it's not just about giving to any old thing. It's about saying, God, all this is yours. What do you want me to do with it? That's how we grow. It starts with that heart and treasure principle. The treasure principle. Your heart follows your treasure. It goes to this give and grow. And it's the do it now, don't delay. It's this eternal impact. And finally... The principle that we're going to end on today is the first things first principle. Not only is it all God's, we've been entrusted with all of it, but he calls us to put him first in every area of our life. Matthew 22, 36 through 38, we find Jesus responding to some questions. They were questions to entrap him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. 
You see, there's a tendency for us to give to God, but not give him first, to not give him our best. And Jesus is saying the most important thing is to put God first in every area of your life and everything put him first. We begin to see that he he demands first because he is first. Now, it's our tendency to do it differently. Proverbs 3, 9, Proverbs says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and your first fruits of all of your increase. In every area of your life, give God the first. Give God the first and best of your heart. Give God the first and best of the way you take care of your body. Give God the first and best of your time. Give God the, the first and the best of your resources. Give God the first and best of your relationships. The first and best of, of being a witness for Him. God, I want you to be first. But in our humanness, we take what we have, what we think is ours, and we take care of ourselves, and then whatever is left over, we just give it to God. Friend, you've been entrusted so much. You may think you're the owner, you're not the owner. You may think you're the customer, you have nothing to do with it, you're not responsible, you're not accountable, but you are. You have been given so much. God says, I'm, I'm holding you accountable for these great things that I've poured into you. You and I are to be good stewards. God, none of it is mine. But I am responsible for it. And I'm accountable to you for what I do with what you have entrusted to me. Could we put God first? See, God deserves to be first of everything. We're not just helping God out. We're not just giving Him a birthday gift. His very nature. He is supreme. He is number one. He deserves to be first. And when we begin to see this, we need to understand that God is first whether you put Him first or not. I need to unpack this for a second. In the Ten Commandments, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. The second is you shall not worship any other idols. This concept here is that God is number one. Don't put anything before God. That's the command. Friend, whether you follow that command or not, you don't break the first commandment. It breaks you. It's kind of like the law of gravity. You can't break the law of gravity... You can be broken. You can have broken bones from not understanding the law of gravity. Oh, but there's flight and we have aerodynamics and all this. Hey, you've learned to cooperate with the law of gravity, but you cannot break the law of gravity. The same thing with God's law about He is first. Friend, God is saying, I have created you. I have wired you. I know the way that you work. I've created this world. I've given you everything in it. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And I'm telling you, the best way to live life is to do it my way, to do it in these principles. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again and again. I hope that you hear it so much that it's memorized. You may get sick of hearing me say it, but I'm going to say it over and over again. This series, this teaching, it's not just about money. It's so much more than money. Friends, Grace Point does not need your money. Grace Point does not need your time. Grace Point does does not need your resources. God doesn't need your time, your money. He wants all of you. And he knows that when we trust him with what's been entrusted to us, we do the best thing possible. In other words, God's not broke. 
He's not short on help. He's not wringing his hands going, how am I going to get my work done? God is almighty God, creator of the heavens and the earth, and he will get his will accomplished. The question is, will you and I cooperate with him? God says, put me first in all these things. If you're here today, I want you to know that this is not a message. This is not about a series about God wanting something from you. It's a teaching from his word about God wanting something for you. What do you mean? Well, that's what the treasure principle was. (laughs) Your heart will follow your treasure. If you don't like where your heart's at, start giving of yourself and the things of the kingdom of God. Your heart will follow. The give and grow principle, this God's principle, when you begin to give, it's not just about giving, you begin to grow spiritually. Your faith increases. Your sensitivity to the Lord increases. When you begin to say, God, everything I have is yours. What do you want to do with it? When I give and grow, I begin to understand that there is this eternal investment principle. When I can give to things and be involved in things that I'll outlive myself. When I begin to understand, it's the do it now principle. I don't put it off. I don't wait till things get better. I don't wait till I'm settled. I don't wait till I have enough. God, I give it to you. And I'm going to do this by putting you first. I think this is when Jesus enters in and he says, it's like this. It's like three servants receive different amounts from their master. Two of them invested in, in multiply and do it the master's way. One buries it and he's looking at you and me and saying, you've been entrusted with much. What will I find you doing? Church, would you stand with me? I want to thank you for your great attention to God's word today. I can see it in your eyes. You're paying attention to his word in sacrificial ways. Heavenly Father, I ask that you will bless my brothers and sisters. I thank you, Lord, for their attention to your word today. I thank you, Lord, for their desire not just to hear, but, Lord, I can see it on their face. Many have a desire to be obedient to what you're saying. So, Lord, right now, I ask that you'll help us not only take an inventory of all that you've blessed us with, and not only come to a realization that everything we have, everything we are, it is yours because you have given it to us, Lord, Would you help us see that you actually have a plan? You have principles that you're calling us to. It's not just accept me, live however you want, and then die, and we'll meet up in heaven somewhere. You're saying, I want to give you the best life possible now. So Lord, as we chew on your principles, would you give us the strength to move in obedience as we begin to look next week and the week after of how to sacrificially be a part of, of stewarding the way you've called us to? Would you help us, God, begin to test you in this area that you say, just taste and see how good I am in this. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do in our midst. It's in your name I pray. Amen and amen.